is an Odyssey original. This is KNX In Depth. I'm Rob Archer. I'm Charles Feldman. Winter storm in Southern California. Now the latest on KNX News 97.1 FM. Rain, snow, wind, you name it, we got it. The big winter storm bearing down on Southern California right now. With the worst still to come, KNX has the very latest with in-depth team coverage. We start with what exactly we can expect later today, tonight, and tomorrow. With us again is Weather Channel meteorologist Scott Larimore. Scott, every time I go to the Weather Channel app on my phone, I feel like I'm in Vegas. I keep hoping that the numbers are going to come up a winner. It's going to be like 95. It's going to show uh, it's sunny and dry. And so far, it's not happening. And it looks like this winter storm is being pretty well behaved as far as the meteorology goes. So it's doing what we expected it to do, which is to dump a lot of precip all across the area. This is a very cold system coming in, and it's a very large system coming in. It occupies a large chunk of the eastern Pacific. So I tell you what, we've got some time in front of us. This is not going to be one of those in-and-out things. It is going to be raining like this all afternoon into tonight. In fact... For L.A., downtown L.A., the rainfall intensity, I think, peaks at around midnight tonight. And we've already got problems with flooding on uh, all across the area and even some debris flow and mud flow problems uh, up the coast to our north. So I am concerned about flooding. Uh, remember, uh, don't try to drive across the flooding. If you can't, if you just turn around. Don't take any chances. It's hard to know exactly how deep the waters are that you're crossing. So I think that's going to be a real problem for us tonight. We're under a flood watch through Saturday. And, of course, the winter side to all this with a blizzard warning continuing until 4 p.m. Saturday for feet of snow. Rob and I want you to change the forecast. Can you? <laughs> yeah. Do something. <laughs> I, will, I will try my best, but I don't think I can. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Scott. Later in the show, we will tell you about how these uh, new high-tech driver assist features on your new car may fail you in bad weather like this. I have personal experience. And the head of the FAA now calling for a safety summit after a near miss at a local airport. We start, though, the first half of today's show by marking the one-year anniversary of the Russian invasion of Ukraine. And if you've been following our coverage the past year, you know that we've been talking to people in Ukraine on a regular basis, getting updates on their lives and hearing how the war is impacting them directly. One of them has been Sophia. She and her family escaped Russian occupation near the Sea of uh, Azov. The Russians were even after her dad, who is in the Ukrainian military. Well, Sophia is back with us now and joins us from Kiev. Sophia, uh, good to hear uh, from you again. What has the past year been like for you and your family? Um, hi, thank you for hosting me again. Well, um, you know, it's very difficult to describe what has changed in the last year, because on the one hand, I, uh, I'm currently living in my apartment in Kiev, as I used, uh, as I did before. And thanks to the armed forces of Ukraine, they did not allow the Russians to occupy Kiev. Uh, on the other hand, my hometown is temporarily occupied, and I cannot express enough how much I miss my hometown, Verdansk. And the house where my parents lived was robbed by the Russians. My father and brother, brother's businesses were taken away. My family had to flee from their home and start a life in another city. Um, so uh, right now, uh, I can freely go, for instance, to a bar in the evening because uh, 
most of the bars and uh, shops uh, are open until 9 or 10 p.m. Uh, because at 11 p.m. the curfew begins. And at this time, you know, Ukrainian cities, they freeze us. And plants, of course, are often destroyed because due to the air alerts all the time, uh, due to rocket attacks, and uh, we are experiencing a horrible news of Russian terrorist attacks on a daily basis. But uh, right now, I feel that we are more united than ever. We are stronger than ever. We understand more than ever the price of freedom and democracy and uh, at uh, and this is what has remained unchanged since the last year. I know that, uh, you know, there's a concern among uh, some Ukrainian officials that uh, they need more help from the West and, and more help is coming in. Uh, is your feeling there with uh, yourself and your friends on the ground, are you getting enough help from the West? Do you want more or are you satisfied with the help you're getting so far? Uh, well, you know, that's that's very complicated, uh, the, the complicated question, because, of course, we all would like the war to end as soon as possible. We all are praying for Ukrainian victory, but uh, we cannot but admit that it depends not only on Ukraine, uh, not only on us. The unity of the entire democratic world is now incredibly important. And, um, you know, I... Uh, I can't say uh, enough how much we appreciate the help and support from the U.S., from NATO, from the EU. But we understand that we still need more weapons. We still need tanks, uh, air jets and stuff. And it's necessary to understand that any concessions to Putin weaken not only Ukraine, but also world democracy. Therefore, the determination of the world is now the main factor, I think, is uh, uh, in how quickly Ukraine will win. So, um, yeah, that's, uh, uh, as I said before, that's pretty complicated okay. question. All right, Sophia, if you will uh, do us a favor, please hang on the line. We'll uh, come back and uh, rejoin you in uh, just a few minutes. Winter storm in Southern California. Now the latest on KNX News 97.1 FM. And again, stick with KNX throughout the day as we have up-to-date storm coverage. Now, if you live in an area where there was a sizable wildfire in the past couple of years, officials are warning of potential mud and debris flows. They recommend clearing drainage paths and using sandbags to direct runoff. Winter storm in Southern California. Now the latest on KNX News 97.1 FM. KNX bringing you in-depth team coverage throughout the day. Today, tomorrow, this huge storm hitting Southern California. Now, what makes this storm rough is the very cold weather, at least for us. The L.A. County Health Officer has issued a cold weather alert for the valley areas as the wind chill could drop to, ready for this, below 32 degrees. Ouch. Yeah. Right now, though, we are continuing our discussion on the war in Ukraine on the first anniversary of the invasion. Sophia is still with us. She is in Kiev. We're also bringing in a familiar voice to journalist Phil Edner in Kiev, uh, but has been all over Ukraine covering the war for most of the past year and has been uh, filling us in regularly. Uh, Phil, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I'll ask a question to you before we return to uh, Sophia. Uh, we have been hearing warning after warning of a new Russian offensive beginning 
And, uh, of course, you know, things on the ground play out a little bit differently. Do you see evidence of a new offensive beginning, or is Russia just desperately throwing uh, whatever it can grab up at Ukraine, hoping something's going to make a difference? Well, it looks like there's uh, at least what what is called in military uh, terminology a, a shaping operation out in the east by the Russians. And by that, I mean that they are kind of probing where the hard points are with the Ukrainian defenses and where perhaps they might be able to make uh, a, a proper um, uh, offensive and, and break through lines and things like that. So they are trying to set up the battlefield and the battle lines so that uh, when the actual full offensive uh, comes online, uh, they'll be ready, but, it, but there are indications that uh, that, that some sort of offensive, uh, at least the the pre-staging, uh, you know, or the staging area, uh, staging uh, point uh, before an offensive is already happening. But what is very strange is that um, on today, this uh, day when we mark the one-year uh, beginning of of this uh, current phase of the of the conflict and this full-on war. There hasn't been any kind of major offensive which, uh, or major bombing campaign or missile strikes, uh, which everybody was kind of expecting. And it's been eerily quiet. Well, I guess that's good. Uh, Sophie, I'm curious. Uh, are there things about this war that you think journalists now? Phil uh, is a very experienced journalist and, and is very familiar with your country. But are there things you think that perhaps uh, journalists from from the U.S.? Uh, maybe you're missing about what's happening there. Maybe they should know about. Well, actually, from what I've heard, I think uh, everything is uh, pretty uh, accurate. I mean, from our point of view, because the interesting thing, I actually earlier today, I was watching uh, an interview of uh, uh, our head of intelligence of Ukraine, Kirill Budanov, and he said that, uh, actually, uh, well, he said pretty much the same thing we heard before that this offensive uh, that rush that we were expecting this, I mean, major offensive we were expecting from Russians, it has already started. I mean, if you look at the numbers of uh, Russian losses for uh, last month, they are pretty. Uh, they're pretty huge. Uh, I mean, it's a thousands of troops uh, daily. Uh, but they cannot, uh, they, they, I mean, they cannot reach any new city. They cannot occupy any new territory because, uh, it seems like they are trying to, um, they are exhausting, uh, right now. And of course, uh, all of us are now tired. Uh, of the war, which is pretty obvious, uh, because it's been, it's been a year. Uh, but on the other hand, uh, they are, maybe they are trying to use another technique right now. They're trying to reach to Western countries and saying something like, well, we should talk to Ukraine. We should, uh, uh tell Ukraine, tell Ukrainian President Zelensky that, we need to uh, we need to talk we need to uh, maybe cooperate peacefully and uh, at this point i think they are trying to use this uh, technique to this manipulation right. to convince us let, yeah. let me you know i i want to just bring both of you in for a second on on this sophia and and phil uh, sophia i would presume that if I were to ask you, how is this war, go war going to eventually end, you're probably going to say with victory for Ukraine. Am I right about that? 
Yeah, absolutely. Okay. (laughs) Phil, is that how this war is going to end, with victory for Ukraine? In one way, shape, or form, yes, absolutely, 100 percent. The major outlying question that I have is what happens with Crimea. But nevertheless, I still do believe that um, Russia will not uh, gain any benefit from this war. Uh, and, and, and I want to just also touch briefly on, on, on that question of what maybe journalists, uh, Western journalists who kind of come in and they, and they spend maybe a couple of weeks, maybe a couple of months even here, and then fly back out. Uh, maybe they do a couple of rotations throughout the, the, the past year. Um, I, 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 I'm sure Sophia is, is being a, a, very polite, and and that's uh, the Ukrainian way of things. Um, but I will take a little bit of criticism and, and point it at the international press corps, and it is this. Um, this war did not start a year ago. Um, this war did not start in 2014. Um, I, I would argue that this is the first year of a phase of a new phase of a struggle that has been going on literally for centuries. Um, Ukraine has been uh, repressed, uh, suppressed by Russia um, well, at least into uh, the the 18th century, uh, I would argue even further back. This conflict has layer upon layer of death to it and complexity that is very difficult to study because of the dominance of Moscow, which has muddied the waters when it comes to the history of this place. So it, it is it is there's it is dense, it is complicated, and it comes from not just uh, a year, not just, uh, as I say, back to 2014, but it goes way, way back, and it's long overdue that Ukraine has its independence. And I believe, as Sophia has indicated, that there will be victory, and Ukraine will gain uh, its full independence. All right. Uh, journalist Phil Lindner in Kiev, also Sophia, uh, joining us from Kiev today. Thank you so much. Winter storm in Southern California. Now the latest on KNX News 97.1 FM. And we will have the latest on this storm for you all day with our in-depth team coverage. We mentioned the cold weather alert. If your heater goes out and you need a generator, health officials advise keeping it as far away as possible from windows, doors, and vents in order to avoid carbon monoxide poisoning. They also advise against using charcoal grills or camp stoves indoors or using gas stovetops or ovens to heat your home. When we come back, China might be trying to get involved in the war in Ukraine. We'll look into what China's plan might be. Winter storm in Southern California. Now the latest on KNX News 97.1 FM. Before we get back to the uh, one-year anniversary of the war in Ukraine, a reminder that KNX has in-depth team coverage on this very big storm hitting Southern California. Now there's a chance for power outages, mudslides, and other damage. L.A. County Public Works says it is ready to fix the problems out there. You can call 1-800-675-HELP to report damage, flooding, or other concerns. Right now, though, back to the war in Ukraine. China is calling for a ceasefire and for peace talks to start as soon as possible. Now, so far, China has stayed out of the war as far as providing any direct help to either side. But could that change? With us now is Juscelino Colares, international law expert from Case Western Reserve University in Cleveland. Thank you so much for joining us. 
Thank you for having me, Charles. So uh, as we watch to see if uh, China is going to provide some uh, direct aid to Russia and there are concerns that this might be on the table somewhere. And this is behind uh, the U.S. and Western allies desperate attempts to keep China from doing that. Does this lead us closer to how world wars begin as uh, Russia appears to be casting about uh, casting about for its own allies? We have our allies, the West and uh, NATO providing aid to Ukraine. Is is this a slippery slope? And do how careful do we need to be? I think we should all be, all parties should be very careful because this is exactly how you get into situations. You just need to recall World War I. Uh, what was the death of a Serbian uh, uh, monarch or prince? Uh, you know, how would that trigger a war between England and, 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 and Germany? So, yes, uh, there is a, a, a danger of a slippery slope. China is trying here to present itself publicly as neutral, while basically helping Russia economically and militarily through North Korea. And uh, it, it seems to be planning to pretty soon help Russia also militarily in the, in, uh, in the war effort. All right. So, and the U.S. is trying. I mean, obviously, uh, all these uh, leaked stories and not so leaked stories, actually, in the past few uh, days uh, about the concern that the U.S. has about China getting involved by by giving uh, war material, perhaps to to Moscow is designed to to I, I, I would imagine to kind of uh, expose this so that it would head China off at the pass. But is it likely to achieve that or is China going to go ahead and do it anyway? I, I I do believe uh, the the twelve the the so called twelve point plan for a ceasefire is basically this smoke you know uh, clear smoke. What China really wants here is a prolonged war. The more prolonged the war is, the more Russia gets uh, you know depleted militarily. It becomes it uh, it helps rid China of a regional rival in Central Asia and Eastern Asia as well. So uh, uh, China wins uh, very much while it, it claims to be, you know, just trying to uh, support uh, sovereignty of states. Uh, it's funny, uh, that's rich coming from China, a country that uh, uh, has yet to condemn Russia's uh, disrespect and violation and atrocities in uh, this war against Ukraine. Well, the former president of Russia, Medvedev, has sallied forth with an opinion that, uh, you know, maybe there is a possibility for some peace talks, some negotiations here to win the war in Ukraine. And he mentions uh, pushing back some borders for Russia and even mentions Poland, uh, pushing back borders in Poland. Uh, is this kind of a trial balloon to to for Russia to maybe come out with a proposal like, hey, uh, give us some of the territory in Ukraine, but also give us some uh, territory in Poland, and uh, we'll pull out from the rest and everything will be okay. And also, is this Medvedev kind of positioning himself to be the heir apparent uh, when uh, Putin finally does uh, go away? Uh, first question, I do believe that uh, the Russians, despite their bravado and, and tough talk, they're trying to, to find an exit ramp, which so far... Uh, the United States uh, has, uh, uh, in my view, mistakenly, uh, mistakenly uh, uh, prevented from from providing, from 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 giving, from extending to to Putin. There's got to be uh, an exit ramp to Putin is much better than uh, a greater risk of uh, uh, a spreading of the conflict in Moldova, 
uh, and in other parts uh, of in that region and worse, World War III, evidently. But uh, with respect to your second question as to Medvedev's uh, uh, future, I would say he's basically uh, sounding off or, uh, you know, as, as somebody who's pre uh, presenting himself as, as reasonable, but he's definitely a, sor a Trump surrogate. Uh, sorry, a Putin surrogate. And in the sense, he is uh, uh, doing exactly, it seems to show that the Russians are interested in talking. And I think uh, we should uh, uh, engage with them. All right. Uh, Juscelino Kolaris, international law expert from Case Western Reserve University in Cleveland. Winter storm in Southern California. Now the latest on KNX News 97.1 FM. And as we have been reporting, this storm has led to a rare blizzard warning for the mountains. Several feet of snow could fall at the higher elevations. People are being asked to avoid driving in the mountains unless it is absolutely necessary. And if you do have to drive up there, bring tire chains because they are required. You're listening to KNX In-Depth with Rob Archer. I'm Charles Feldman. Winter storm in Southern California. Now the latest on KNX News 97.1 FM. And stick with KNX throughout the day, today and tomorrow for in-depth team uh, storm coverage. Snow could fall today at lower elevations, but it might not actually be snow. You could actually be seeing hail, sleet or grapple, which is a kind of... Well, it's sort of like snow. I, I, it's been described to me as squishy hail. Snow-ish. Snow-ish. Yeah, it's not exactly a scientific term, but it's snow-ish. <laughs> uh, but sleet and hail are generally harder, and uh, so, of course, would be icy pellets. So, uh, there. So, if, it, if you see something and it's not quite water and it's not quite hail... It's grapple. It's grapple because it's squishy. Yeah. All those uh, new driver assist features available now in the latest cars and trucks seem pretty great. The goals are to keep you as safe as possible, especially in bad weather like this. But tests from AAA a couple of years ago found that a car's electronic eyesight, the little radar thing, can sometimes fail in bad weather. With us is David Ayler, Vice President of Active Safety Testing for the Insurance Institute for Highway Safety, which has done some extensive studies on driver assist features. Thank you so much for joining us. You know, I've had personal experience with this. My car has a little radar and it's got uh, driver safety features that warn me about if somebody's too close to me, if I'm getting out of the lane, or if somebody's stopping in front of me suddenly. And it warns me when the rain gets heavy that uh, your radar is obscured, your driver safety features have been turned off and i'm thinking to myself well now is the time that i would really need them uh why does this happen yeah so thanks for having me um you know a lot of these uh sensors and technology um you know they use camera they use radar uh and so while they're always paying attention unlike some drivers um if you as a driver are having a hard time seeing in front of you or if lane lines are covered by snow uh they may not be able to be as effective and so um you know when the weather's bad i think the first thing is to you know not drive unless you uh, absolutely have to um but but also recognize some of these safety features which we know are highly effective may not work as well in bad weather. 
And and therein lies the problem, right? Because people do become very reliant upon them. And as as I'm sure you know, there are some car companies that even advertise and they have TV commercials showing people with their hands even off the, the wheel. And that's in good weather, even though those systems really can't deliver on that promise. So how do you convince people who have gotten used to this new technology and their new and expensive cars that maybe the best thing to do is actually, I don't know, look out of the window? Yeah, no, that's a great point. I mean, all of these systems, even the ones that you see that you mentioned, the commercials with sort of hands off, they really still are driver assistance features. And so the bottom line is, um, you know, they work well in many situations, uh, but it's still critical that the driver uh, is engaged in the task of driving uh, and paying attention um, to the cars around them, to the environment, uh, and obviously driving to the weather conditions. And again, that may be not driving at all or or slowing down um, if, if that's what's needed. Are As far as you know, are the uh, auto companies working on ways to improve this uh, issue where some of the radar and camera features don't work as well if there's heavy rain or snow? Yeah, absolutely. This technology has, you know, been out been out for almost two decades now, um, and they keep improving on it. And a perfect example uh, is pedestrian detection. And these systems early on didn't detect pedestrians. Uh, the camera systems now detect them, um, but we've seen them struggle at night. And again, just like you or I have a harder time in lower visibility, um, the the cameras can struggle. Um, but we know that. You know, every year a new iPhone camera comes out on your phone and it has a better camera and auto manufacturers are doing the same thing. And also I'll point out that part of the reason many of these vehicles have multiple sensors like a radar and a camera is that they really can use uh, sort of the benefits of the system. So a camera is really good at detecting what it is, but, you know, doesn't work really well if it's raining hard or snowing. A radar is really good at at working, you know, no matter the conditions and detecting the distance, but not as good as detecting exactly what the object is. So by adding multiple sensors, manufacturers are trying to make these systems more robust. All right. Thank you so much, David Ayler, Vice President of Active Safety Testing for the Insurance Institute for Highway Safety. Winter storm in Southern California. Now the latest on KNX News 97.1 FM. We started the uh, segment talking about snow. Well, we certainly uh, didn't see much of it outside of the mountains, but it did snow, you know, as recently as 2019 in L.A., Malibu, Pasadena, and parts of the Inland Empire like Rancho Cucamonga. Stay with KNX for the uh, very latest, by the way, on this very big and unusual for us storm. Coming up when KNX In-Depth continues, a near collision at a local airport has a top aviation official calling for a safety summit. Winter storm in Southern California. Now the latest on KNX News 97.1 FM. KNX has in-depth team storm coverage throughout today and tomorrow. Now we told you about the L.A. County cold weather alert with wind chills in certain areas dipping below freezing. But even if it is not freezing, you can still develop hypothermia if you're outside for too long in this weather. Now early warning signs include shivering, fatigue, loss of coordination, Confusion sounds like Rob and me in most uh-huh. days. Uh, if you feel any of these coming on, find a warm place quickly. 
Another near collision between airlines has reportedly happened, this time at Hollywood Burbank Airport. NBC News says a Mesa Airlines flight had to abort a landing after an air traffic controller cleared a plane to depart ahead of them. The FAA is investigating. Its acting administrators now called for an industry safety summit next month to address these recent close calls. Michael Drycorn is with the aviation security firm ASD Experts. He's also a former FAA official. Michael, thanks for being back with us. Appreciate it. Yeah, my pleasure. So I always wonder when we have, and occasionally we do, a a spate of these sort of incidents, uh, whether it is just that people, pilots, controllers, the news media, happen to be reporting them more often, or has there been an increase? And if there's an increase, then, of course, the question becomes why. Well, the question, yeah, the question why profoundly has to be asked. Uh, and the, the answer is, is that, you know, these near misses occur and have occurred throughout the history of aviation, uh, but they seem to be happening at a, a quicker rate now. So is this due to uh, problems in the tower or problems with the pilots or problems with equipment? Yeah, well, exclusively focused on the issues in Burbank. I mean, this was a FAA problem. Uh, it was probably a combination of human factors of the people in the tower and maybe a combination of the technology that the FAA is using uh, to manage flight patterns. Now, I know some people would look at this episode at Burbank, and I believe that the incoming aircraft that was uh, cleared to land was about a mile out uh, from the threshold of the runway. And there are some people who might look at that and go, well, it's a mile, almost a mile away, plenty of time. But a plane is moving rather quickly, even when it's coming in for a landing. That mile is not that much of a margin of safety, is it? Well, I mean, no. I mean, at, at that point of their landing, they're probably still going somewhere around 200 miles an hour. Uh, so think about that and how many you know seconds that may actually be. And uh, so what's what's the uh, fix coming if, if it's we're talking about personnel, uh, obviously training is going to be the answer. Uh, but if there are equipment issues uh, as well, then uh, this goes back to the problem we've been seeing with some other uh, aircraft incidents where equipment is a little uh, behind the times, especially when we saw the breakdown uh, for Southwest Airlines. So is this another kind of factor uh, of, of that issue that uh, computer equipment is just woefully outdated? Well, the FAA system is outdated. I mean, that's that's a given. It, it needs to be updated. The FAA is throwing a lot of money that direction. Uh, Congress needs to approve more money for the FAA to, to, to head that direction. Uh, but but there's also a, a you know, it's not just training. It's, it's also uh, air traffic controller fatigue. There just isn't enough of them and they're being overworked. So a combination of, of, of you know, poor equipment, a heavy traffic pattern, and, and fatigue is not a good not a good solution. But why aren't there enough of them? I mean, way back when uh, then President Reagan fired air traffic controllers, I remember at the time, uh, you know, the conventional wisdom was it was going to take many years in order to retrain enough uh, new controllers to make up that deficit. But that was a long time ago now, in relative terms anyway. Why do we have a shortage or not enough controllers now? Uh, it's, it's simple. I mean, it, it, the funding has not been there and the FAA has not managed the funding very uh, well with regards to attracting the right people that are going to stay in that job. There's also been a privatization of, of ATC and, and some folks are leaving the FAA to those private companies. So there's, it's not just one answer. 
Um, but, but it's certainly one that has to be answered by the FAA. And it's not an industry issue. It's an FAA issue. All right. Thank you so much, uh, Michael Drycorn with the aviation security firm ASD Experts, also a former FAA official. Winter storm in Southern California. Now the latest on KNX News 97.1 FM. And stay with KNX throughout today for the very latest storm coverage. We mentioned yesterday, by the way, the possibility of power outages. LADWP says crews are ready to respond quickly. Now, if you lose power, make sure you have a flashlight with fully charged batteries and a fully charged cell phone. It is amazing how many people don't. This is a really good time if you don't to do so. Yep. Make sure everything's charged up, ready to go. This has been KNX in Depth. We'll be back on Monday.